0: You free. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free.
1: The truth will set you free. Hello, and welcome to the Tech Turret Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. It's been great to hear from some of you with your feedback on the podcast, and uh, please continue to send that in, or to discuss it on TechDirt posts, or via SoundCloud, or iTunes, or however you happen to listen to the podcast. In looking over our stats, we actually saw that uh, someone, at least someone, seems to be listening to this on a Zoom. Um, who the hell are you, and why do you have a Zoom? Please let us know, because that's just weird. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to be discussing cybersecurity, uh, and... If we had any sound effect capabilities, I would have made that all scary sounding. Cybersecurity has become a big buzzword in DC over the past few years, and there's been a push to pass some sort of cybersecurity legislation. Uh, Most of the focus has been on information sharing. That's the idea. The various bills that have been proposed, with the key feature being setting things up so that companies, mainly tech companies, can share threat information with government agencies and with each other to be better prepared for the various threats that are out there. No one denies that there are, in fact, huge risks online today with Lots of people around the globe looking to crack into vulnerable systems. The nature and type of these threats certainly varies. It's one thing to take down a power grid or cause a nuclear power plant to malfunction in dangerous ways. It's another to take all the emails from a major Hollywood motion picture studio. Unfortunately, those pushing for cybersecurity legislation like to conflate all of these things as if they're one big threat, never wanting to assess the real risks or the likely scenarios. We're told that we need to protect ourselves before we have a cyber Pearl Harbor, but then are told that the Sony hack was the worst cybersecurity attack in history, an attack in which no one died, and the most trouble was really some rich Hollywood insiders getting kind of embarrassed. This lack of specificity is a big concern, but an even bigger concern is that no one who is pushing for these legislative proposals seems willing to indicate what specific problems these bills are fixing. They just yell, cybersecurity, and leave it at that. If there are current regulations that are blocking the useful sharing of information, let's look at fixing those rather than just giving blanket immunity in a way that may allow more companies to share our private info with the government. The other aspect that is rarely talked about with cybersecurity is how much of the hype around it is really a giant bureaucratic turf war over who gets to control the purse strings for a massive and growing government budget. Much of the behind-the-scenes fight has really been about whether or not the Defense Department, Homeland Security, or the Justice Department will get to manage cybersecurity. Many companies seem to be pushing their support for programs that just line themselves up to be the beneficiaries of massive government cybersecurity spending rather than on what makes the most sense overall to protect us. Given all that, I'm skeptical that we need some special cybersecurity regulations and don't see how they do much other than create a giant government boondoggle for shoveling bags of cash to private contractors while doing little to protect our actual online security. At the same time, however, I do recognize that online attacks are growing, more and more sophisticated, and that there are real threats out there. Is the answer a new law, better security practices, or just a better understanding of the real risks and trade-offs? Here to discuss, once again, Dennis Yang and Hirsch Reddy. Hey, guys. Hey. hey.
0: Oh, man. Every <laughs> single time you hear a whole bunch of uh, of, of people in the, in, the, in the military, in the press, and this, this kind of unholy alliance, raising <laughs> uh, like a disproportionate amount of fuss about something that's really not that dangerous, yeah. if you just trace it back a little bit, you'll see that, wow, there's a whole lot of special interests back there <laughs> just waiting for the yeah. money faucet to be and, open. And that's true. And if, if
1: Yeah, if, if you look absurd. back, right? I mean, so this whole the whole focus on cybersecurity really started with... Um, uh, Michael McConnell, who was a former NSA director, who was going all over the place talking about cyber war and cybersecurity, and he was on like every news channel. And this was about five or six years ago. And what none of them, none of them mentioned, was that his day job after leaving the government was for Booz Allen, which is the giant government contractor. Which, you know, soon after he started speaking about this stuff, got some sort of like one billion dollar, I think it was maybe eight hundred million dollar cybersecurity contract.
0: Absurd of, I, of which it, 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 delivered by some San francisco startup it would cost one tenth that, right like yeah. it's it, they're always absurd like and the and the, the things that actually deliver are absurd, but
2: i like, mean fear fear is really good business right like
0: yeah. in some circles sure <laughs> i mean so here's the thing let's talk about the like the real dangers there's definitely okay. the real dangers, right so what are the things that like that are actually like, Credible threats. There's there's people stealing intellectual property by mm-hmm. hacking sure. into people corporate networks. Sometimes government networks. There's people um, uh, essentially stealing financial information. Sometimes, I mean. It, not just records but also accessing people's banking talents and perpetrating fraud and then on top of that there is kind of there's like the sort of black blackmail kind of an activity that centers mm-hmm. around essentially using some kind of distributed denial of service uh sort of an attack and saying, hey we're going to pull push down your um your whatever your 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 commercial services like if you have a video streaming site mm-hmm. they'll say we'll hit you with a bunch of uh of of, of co-opted machines, and we'll bring yeah. your site down unless you pay us fifty thousand dollars. So there's that kind of activity. Um, on top of that, what else do we have? I mean, we well there's
1: so there's I mean along those lines, you also have a big thing that's become popular now is uh, where um, malicious hackers will get into a computer, get your data, and then encrypt it, and then force you to to pay sure. to unencrypt it. but and and then the bigger threats are are towards real infrastructure. So, could you hack into the power grid and you know take California off the power grid? Uh,
0: is, is is that really a cybersecurity issue, or is that more sort of like a bad engineering issue? There should be air <laughs> yes. gaps for those kind of things, right? Yes. You should have an air gap. And for the audience, by the way, an air gap is basically where you have a computing system that is not connected to the right. internet, essentially, right? Or it's only so so
1: so so that right. So the the argument there is that the real issue for those things are are in the design of the system not the the incoming threat itself but at the same time right there are examples of using computer attacks to cause real world physical damage Um, the, the problem is, well, depending on where you're sitting, the, the, the examples of that tend to have been done by the U S government, not, not against us. I mean, the Stuxnet, uh, example was, Mm -hmm. you know, where they were able to get some malware into, you know, an Iranian nuclear, Mm -hmm. uh, processing plant and basically, you know, force it to accidentally blow up the machinery or cause the machinery to spin out of control and break.
0: So so there are – so I, I think – so, you know, the Sexnet virus is, like, a good example. There are vulnerabilities in computing systems, and you have to guard against them. And it takes real engineering work to get that done. Mm-hmm. I really doubt that Booz Allen is – the. Is or, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I mean but, – but you know what I mean? Like, a bunch of guys with PowerPoint in suits, you know? Mm-hmm. Those are the absolutely the wrong guys. There's like very smart engineers. Some of them are in Silicon Valley. Some of them are on IBM's campus in different places. There's people that know how to engineer, uh, um, you know, resilient systems. I mean, right. probably right. no system but, is one hundred percent. But don't, don't
2: those customers exist without the government having to mandate these things? I know, right.
0: Exactly. There's there's an economic loss associated with a hack. So they right. yeah, like, I mean, Why, why is that. the
2: government? Why does the government need to be involved? Well, this is to so create the, these projects. To
0: create billion dollar contracts. That's right. why. It's well, absurd. I mean,
2: these projects, if, if there's a real security risk and there's, you know, real hackers out there, I mean, security seems to be a booming business right now anyway without sure. the government being involved.
1: But so, I mean, so there are a couple different arguments there. And one is just this idea that, you know, a lot of companies don't take security that seriously, right? I mean, right. so some of them do, but okay. but most of them recognize that if they're hacked and if their accounts are compromised... Right. What do they do? They pay for one year of credit monitoring, right. and I, I mean, and isn't, they issue an apology sure. and they get on with their lives. And right. so the cost of that is, you know, is what they judge, you know, cost benefit right. versus the cost. I mean, of I would better argue better they security. they
2: they value security exactly enough, exactly the amount that they they think, right? Sure, right.
1: But but so but the government's argument is that the real risk is much higher than that cost, and so right. there's a there's a misalignment between the costs and the risk, and the risks are going to be borne by the citizens, mm-hmm. not necessarily the companies that are responsible, and therefore that's a position where the government should step in.
0: Well, there's different people who could step in there, right? So the government mm-hmm. could step in in terms of actually having these worthless contracts, or they could step in by essentially putting in rules of the road that basically say, hey, look, in this kind of a hacking situation, you bear this sort of liability. Mm-hmm. And then the companies that could possibly bear that liability will get specifically security insurance and right. those insurance companies will then audit these companies and make sure they right. have at least a level of of security that they're that they're comfortable with and then a family of companies uh, sorry I should say an ecosystem of companies will spring up to, to provide these security services and that 's the way stuff yeah. has gone on in the in the technological industry and that that 's the way things should be but here's the issue right the real issue is um, doing it that way actually identify the 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 insurance companies are incentivized to identify the real risks Mm -hmm. not these like black swan event things that like (laughs) barely ever happen you don't need to optimize for that right like like the government it's been shown time and time again they love security theater right? right like like what the tsa does and 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 they they're not really that concerned about it actually uh being economically efficient right, right. and and
1: right. so and which is which is a really good point point. and yeah. that point is that there's always going to be some risk right no matter what you do you can't protect 100 percent against everything and yet all of these proposals seem to be focused on this idea that we can never be hit right but we're going to be and so but but because they focus on this sort of 100 percent protection there's no cost benefit analysis of how right.
2: much is this security so so does this work, wash out to become more like an insurance type like a mandated well, auto insurance type thing I mean or, ideally, but that's not how it's gonna no, work. No, that's out. not how it's how no? it's gonna
1: work. I mean I think Hirsch is right, where if you if you properly place the liability on the parties who are most responsible for it, right. then you actually get a marketplace that potentially works yeah. because so the insurance
2: you put the, the incentives and the and the risks right. in the right place. But
0: that's not that's not what's being proposed at all. I but see. but let's look at the hypocrisy here, right? On the one hand, the government says, Hey, we have all these cybersecurity risks and you know, someone could hack into our system. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, they say, Hey, uh, please put in these back doors. <laughs> yeah so that we can the uh, look at it, up. it right? how are you supposed to make a secure system as an engineer if the government says hey uh, we'd like us a, a little key you know so we can uh, read all the hard right. drive information <laughs> I, you know like you, you can't do it like it just doesn't work that way and if you really want to talk talk to engineers, right, in Silicon Valley, they'll say, if you want a secure system, right, the real way, like a public system, right, like let's say we want a, a very secure web stack that allows you to authenticate, keeps data safe, it prevents uh, uh, you know, session hijacking, those kinds of things. They'll say, hey, let, let's make a public stack, make it open source, let a lot of people uh, hammer on it, um, and then give bounties. So when people hack it, they right. have an incentive, hey, you sure. get paid 100 grand, if, and and the government, if they want, they can pay for those bounties. That'll be great, and then we'll evolve this like secure infrastructure in the open without requiring, by the way, all these insiders to get you know, and these lobbyists to get so much money that they build mansions on the Potomac, right? It's like, yeah, which is essentially what this is all boiling out to, right? Like when you say some high levelled agency guy is going to go out, go to some private uh, right. agency, to some private consulting company, and then get them a billion dollar contract for some completely inexplicable. Well, because people thing. want
2: to pe- pe- like when you buy when you sign up for a contract you want to hear oh how much is it going to cost to build me a one hundred percent secure system and you're right. like all right uh, one one trillion dollars like that sounds sufficiently expensive awesome um, sign me up Right?
0: have you ever talked to anyone working <laughs> in these kind of consulting companies or for any of these government contracts that hasn't come back from the experience and said we built the most absurd sure b- yeah they just gobbledygook thing of patchwork and thank God it passed the requirements test, but my God, I would not want to be well, the next I mean, guy to do was, anything with it. Like, it's always the case. It's yeah, like, yeah. how is that secure?
1: Well, that I mean, yeah. I mean, government computing systems are just, you know, notoriously boondoggle mess. Right. Um, but, all right, so l- let me throw in one more argument here. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhat playing devil's ar- advocate because, I mean, I think I agree with, with you, Hirsch, on almost all that. I vote for your proposal. But... <laughs> Um, so one other argument is that the government uh, and potentially the NSA certainly makes this argument that they have knowledge and information about threats at a higher level than a private company might have. And thereby, therefore, by working together with the NSA or perhaps some other government agencies, they can better protect because they, they know more about these things.
0: That, that's actually a good point, that's a, but that's a different sort of a, a level of operation. I mean, certainly, like, there's a private company, Cloudflare, that does the same thing. So we were talking about distributed denial-of-service attacks. Mm-hmm. Cloudflare can help mitigate those kinds of things by, because they support so many customers. They already know right. who those usual right. suspects are in terms of these IP ranges or whatever, and, and they can block them or rate limit them and prevent them from bringing your website down. They basically stand between you and the open Internet. Right. So, there is a place, I think, for entities like that that aggregate information and then therefore are able to do sort of better, higher-level analysis to figure out who the bad uh, players are. Um, that isn't... But that doesn't involve secrecy or billion-dollar contracts. That, that information sharing, you really... Perhaps I think the best thing the government can do there is pass the the, the laws necessary so that sharing of the information is not forbidden by law explicitly. That Because sometimes... Right. Revealing that kind of information so, might
1: so, be so. So, 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 currently, so that is the argument that is going on right now, which is that the law, the proposed laws, and, and it gets a little bit fine line. Uh, the proposed laws right now basically take away liability uh, or grant immunity to companies for sharing that kind of information.
2: For sharing threat, potential threats, and for, for sharing and threat, and, yeah.
1: cybersecurity threat information, right. So what's your beef with that? So my beef with that is that I would prefer what you actually said before, which is if there is a specific law that is currently preventing that information from being shared, let's Mm -hmm. address that law. Let's not put in another law that is a blanket immunity from liability Mm -hmm. for sharing information.
0: Yeah, that is shenanigans once again. Because (laughs) then there's not even a cybersecurity threat, and they're like, hey, I'd like Michael Masnick's whereabouts for the last 24 hours. And it's like, okay, okay. (laughs) uh, blanket immunity for doing that That, right and that's
1: why and that's why certainly you know i mean the tech industry for the most part they haven't come out strongly against this bill because it's like well wait that's great that gives us blanket immunity right so even if they're saying they don't want to share that information they won't share that information a lot of the bills actually are pretty clear that this is voluntary voluntary sharing of information but if they have blanket immunity they're certainly a lot more likely to share it and not think about the potential Mm -hmm. legal consequences of sharing there's a
0: court of law but then there's a court of uh, public opinion, right? So, sure. So I mean,
1: I yeah, but you know how much yeah, of this is done in secret, yeah, right? I mean, exactly, sure, it might yeah. leak out eventually, but yeah, until then. So, so let me let me bring up one more cybersecurity issue, and and then I think we're we're gonna wrap this one up. But um, on the one of the issues that's come up is is whether or not there should be hackback provision. So. If a company's network is being attacked, or the computers are being hacked, mm-hmm. and or if there's a denial of service attack, should they have the right and or the ability to then go back to the source and try and you know knock out the master computer that's controlling the the denial of service attack on them?
2: Yeah, is that is that currently? I mean, what's the current that, law about that? That, right?
1: that is currently against the law for the most part. Okay. So for if the, you hack
2: me, I can't hack you.
1: Yeah, for for the most part, because the hacking back would yeah. violate the CF. AA, right, okay. which because you're hacking into a computer that's that's
0: there's really no
2: self-defense uh, corollary right. or anything to that's, no. That's provision.
1: No, really? there's yeah. not. And there's some push to get one. But the right. problem
0: with that is that the, 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 the intermediary that's used to actually launch the attack is sometimes right. an innocent party. <laughs> uh, you
1: get to the heart of the problem. Or, or, uh, or you mislead and you make people think that yeah, it's coming exactly. from someone else.
0: Yeah. And that gets really... That's or you set, up,
1: you set up two, two companies that you dislike and you hack one and make it look like it's coming from the other. And yeah. then you let them hack at each other.
0: Right. <laughs> Um, so what's so obviously there's that downside. Um, what's the upside? See, the upside is basically that what? I mean, exactly. Can, does that help mitigate an attack if you attack back? Right. Like, well, I'm not the, quite if, sure. If, that's you, true. If, you, is, is that the, only, is, solu- it's so was, the only
2: solution? No, it's not the only solution.
1: No, it's not the only solution. But the argument there is that if it's like a denial of service attack, right? If right. you can take out the controlling bot that's controlling Uh-oh, the denial the of the service controls, attack, yeah. then you get your site back, right?
0: Right. Yeah, that actually, I might be behind that. That's one machine. It's kind of like collateral damage, maybe.
1: Well, but but if it's it, but you have to know is that the real machine, you know, and, and the amount of collateral damage could be pretty serious. I mean, what if you're taking out something else that's really important?
0: Yeah, it's complicated. Um,
1: and and what if you just start escalating it? Right then, when, you know, once you hack back, then then it just becomes a big fight back and forth. And well, they, presumably it,
0: you're already under attack, so from. Yeah, I mean, it's not but, like those guys were holding anything back. That, <laughs> I guess, but I, I, this. So here's the thing, right? Like, I, I think the the nightmare scenario there is actually not the you know single old lady's computer, you know, Windows <laughs> ninety five machine being taken down because that actually happens to be the <laughs> control IP. Uh, I think the nightmare scenario is where someone is running a virtual machine, let's say Amazon Web Services uh-huh. or something like that, and they they that's where the control instance is, and then a state agency or a state entity attacks Amazon Web Services, right? And then there's huge economic loss for some of the reason. But I actually think in that kind of a situation, that information sharing that we talked about is like once someone finds out what the range of IP addresses is, they can do, maybe you put into the legislation that they have to do a certain amount of due diligence and find out who is this and then contact the whatever the the person responsible for that range of IPs and then see what they can do. Because then AWS or Google Cloud or whatever will jump in and be like, oh, that range of IPs? Let's see, ooh, this virtual machine? Well, it's supposed to be owned by Mike Masnick. He really is probably not a hacker. This is probably, <laughs> of course, and then they contact you and then they say, hey, by the way, this is coming from your machine. And then you look and you see that so, you share your access keys or something on GitHub. And then <laughs> and then they basically... <laughs> you, you've
1: got this scenario very detailed Hi-
0: Hypothetically, <laughs> yeah. hypothetically. That happens so often, by the way. Some people... People write scripts that scrape GitHub, get all the keys that people accidentally right. upload it, and then go yeah. ahead and mine bitcoins or whatever they want to do. Yeah, which <laughs> is not
2: great business. But yeah. <laughs> all right,
0: so, <laughs> so
1: <laughs> no, really that's not. a different that's a different podcast for a different day. No. Um, so l- let's do some final thoughts in terms of the cybersecurity. How big of a problem is it really, and is there a role for government here or not? And if so, what is it?
2: Yeah, I mean, if it's it's if it's strictly to support this, you know, military industrial complex seems like a seems like a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um the the facade of a 100% protected system is you know it's not a, not a, not achievable and I think Hirsch brought up a re, really good points about like the reality of designing systems and you know openness is is much better than than a closed system that you think is completely secure because it's not, right? So so,
0: so I mean so obviously yeah, those points and then uh on top of that I mean I'd really like to see uh for something like cybersecurity that very much Silicon Valley has the expertise about it, I'd really like to see some of these players uh, being Silicon Valley companies. Mm -hmm. I'd I'd like to involve Amazon and Google and stuff like that and and, and really not another East Coast insider (laughs) consultancy, like you know what I mean? Uh, Your bias is showing. No, well, I mean, come on. We actually deliver stuff here on this side of the country, you know what I mean? As opposed to just consuming huge contracts. Uh, Am I going to get you in trouble? I was going to say, we we just lost half our our listenership
1: at the east of the Mississippi. That's
0: fine. I'm not saying they're all like that. I mean, IBM does great work. But what I'm saying is like, I mean, so... <laughs> oh, no. yeah. All right, I'm just going to keep quiet now. <laughs> oh, that's right. great. No, no, but I so my final thought
1: is actually to reinforce the idea that you brought up earlier, which is I do really like the idea of if you could do it wisely and I would have to think through what the consequences of this would be of placing the liability properly on those who who fail to secure their systems completely um that you would set up an insurance system that actually would lead to greater security. I Worry a little bit about some of the consequences of that and the fact that, again, no system is perfectly unhackable and people are going to get hacked sooner or later. And do we necessarily want to put an, an overburdensome liability on those companies? That may be a risk. But, but again, maybe that's taken mm-hmm. care of by the insurance aspect to it. Right. Um, but overall, I mean, I think that kind of approach is a lot more interesting than... Anything that the government is currently talking about in terms of cybersecurity, well,
0: certainly the penalties should be proportional, right? I, sure. I think there's a lot of uh, punitive legislation out there where the, where the penalties are just disproportionate. Yeah. So we should look. You should look at the, what the kind of information is and what the possible loss could be. So financial information, obviously, the highest. Sure. Right? And then and then maybe potentially embarrassing personal details, maybe second to that. Uh and, then, uh,
1: and then, yes, but that, that, well, that raises a whole bunch of other yeah, issues. Yeah. Okay. So. Let's not,
0: let's not jump into that, but, 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 but loss of, say, for example, your post history on like Reddit or something <laughs> like that. I mean, that's maybe, actually depending on what you post on Reddit.
1: So, I mean, I think what it comes down to is, is what Dennis said earlier, which is just, if you align the incentives properly, right. you get better results. And so I think, I think that's, that's what the focus should be. Unfortunately, that's not quite where it is today. But uh, we can always hope, and we're nothing if not hopeful here at Tech Dirt. So <laughs> <laughs> th- thanks, everyone. Uh, thanks, Hirsch and Dennis, for uh, another fun podcast, and
0: we hope you enjoyed listening. It's been said that the first casualty
2: of war is truth,
0: and I'm inclined to agree. Listen,
2: we live in an age of instant information, so isn't it strange that things been hidden away from us governments think we need to gain the trust but it's the other way around just take a look nothing tells us more than more data does so it's important it's all available
0: to us plus put up for debate and looked at by the public's gaze because there's a lot more to be gained from taking on